Hello, 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 everybody. Good evening, good evening. All right, I hope you are excited, uh, as excited as I am about the Bible study tonight. I'm so grateful uh, to be back this week. We had a few illnesses and different things going on, but that's okay because now we are back to uh, the basics, back to the basics. We're going to get this um, Bible study uh, started tonight. I'm going to go over a little bit on uh, Genesis uh, chapter 20 because that's where we ended off the last time, and I want to make sure uh, that one goes, you know, right into uh, the other. And, uh, you know, thanking, praising God that uh, Sister Ramonda is uh, doing well, and she's back at home, grateful for that. So um, let's have a word of prayer. And uh, we're going to, like I said, we're going to do a little bit of overview first. And um, then we are going to go back over the uh, lesson, Genesis chapter 20, all right? Dear Heavenly Father, we are so grateful uh, to be here tonight. God, we're just so excited to be able to study your word. Um, As we study your word tonight, God, please give us wisdom, uh, clarity, knowledge, and understanding. Um, Just so excited, God, to uh, be back um, studying your word again, and um, it's just so awesome because the more we study, the closer that we are going to get to you, God. God, we just are so grateful tonight. God, bless those that are here. Bless those that are on their way. Thank you for the food that we are about to receive. In your son Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, very good. So now, we were talking about chapter 20. Um One of my favorite things about chapter 20 is not only is Abraham um, um, moving around and doing some of the same, he's kind of almost backtracking. Now, in the Christian world today, we call it backsliding, okay? Because basically what happened is he moved around, he went to a place, he told the same lie that he told back in um, chapter 12 that, you know, Sarah was his sister. He went a little bit further. He explained how Sarah was his sister. Yes, Sarah was his sister um, because they have the same father, different mothers, but once he married her, wife, Trump, sister. So, yeah, um, maybe biologically um, she had the title or the, the bloodline of sister, but she technically was the wife, okay, so once um once they got married, um white trump's uh sister, okay, white trump's sister, so I just wanted to um make sure that you know we all understand that you know even though um Abraham was Abraham, he still was a human being, and guess what human beings mess up, yep. We mess up, and I know it's, it's shocking to hear that um, Abraham was not perfect. No, he was not. Guess why? Because he's a man, and he is still in the flesh. All right, all right. So just know 
um, that, you know, this, this, he is a man, okay? He messes up. We are human. We make mistakes. We are not perfect, okay? So let's just get that out there right now. So in Chapter 20, basically, um, Abraham did a little backsliding. Okay, so basically he went toward the south country and dwelt between Kadesh and Shur. I talked about where that was at, um, on and Sir joined in Gerar. So basically he had a pit stop there. All right, but what happened was Abimelech, um, the king of that region, um, you know, uh, I mean, he didn't ask. See, what we got to remember is um, back then in the biblical days, Women had no kind of say so, not not really. And so if somebody came up and said, Oh yeah, she cute, I want her. Abraham did it to save himself, basically. He put Sarah in harm's way because members back to in, in the uh Genesis twelve she was Sarai. Now she is Sarah. So Abraham has now went from knowing to knowledge. He knows who God is, okay? But instead of trusting God, he said, you know what? I'm going to save myself. I'm going to tell this man that you're my sister. That way he won't harm me, okay? So, um, and and she was like a non-willing. She didn't, she didn't agree or deny, okay? She kind of was quiet, okay? And later on, though, she said, yep, that's my brother. You know, then she went along with it. Because at first when Abraham said it to her uh, before the ha- beforehand, he said, you know, listen, we're going to say this. This is how we're going to do it. And that's the end of it. So then she went along with it when she was questioned, okay? So he went from knowing to knowledge. So beforehand he was Abram, um, God just told him to follow him. Now he is living under the knowledge that God is who he says he is. And again, another thing about chapter 20. In chapter 20, it doesn't say it, but when you go into chapter 21, it talks about Sarah having a baby. So in chapter 20, Sarah was possibly pregnant, which had God not shut up and, and, and punished everybody, um, they could have said, well, you know what? We slept with her. That baby probably ain't even Abraham's anyway. That's probably one of so-and-so's baby, blah, blah, blah. So remember, a lot of things could have went wrong. A lot of things could have went wrong um, with this situation, okay? Because remember, God came to him and said, listen, this time next year at the appointed time, Sarah is going to have that promised child that I've been promising you. Remember I told you I was going to make you the father of many nations. She is going to have that child. So I really want, uh, I really want you know, her uh, to listen to what I'm saying. This is what we're going to do. And remember, she laughed. She was listening to them. I call it ear hustling. She was ear hustling outside the tent or inside the tent. She was listening. Okay, and she laughed, and the Lord caught her and said, you know, it's nothing too hard for God. I'm just saying. So here we are a few months later. By this time, Sarah is probably pregnant. So what happens was 
um, verse 6 of uh, Genesis chapter 20, God said unto him in a dream, yeah, I know that thou did this in the integrity of thy heart. For I also withheld thee from sinning against me. Therefore suffered I touch not to I, these, I, I suffered. Wait a minute. Let's read it again. Therefore suffered I thee not to touch. Now therefore restore the man his wife, for he is a prophet. And he shall pray for thee, and thou shalt live. And if thou shalt restore her not, know that thou shalt surely die, thou and all thy household. So not only did he tell him, he said, look here. Not only are you going to die, everybody in your household is going to die. So restore um, the man, his wife. So that's what he did. You know what I'm What I like about this chapter is he not only stored, he stored the man, his wife, but he checked Abraham, okay? He had to check Abraham for the simple fact, um, you know, he was basically um, – bamboozled and hoodwinked. He was he was lied to. All right. Now remember I said Gerar is about ten miles south of um Gaza. All right. So like Pharaoh and Abimelech took many wives. Abraham basically threw temptation in the way of others, exposed himself and Sarah to rebuke. And then had an excuse. Now also, what we read is about the prophet, for he is a prophet, and he shall pray for thee. Uh, this is the first mention of the Hebrew word nabi, N-A-B-I, prophet, to proclaim or declare. That's what prophet means, to proclaim or declare. He's talking about the word, okay, the word of God, or a message from God, okay, so to proclaim or declare. Abraham basically was an intercessor. Now he is. Uh, noted as a prophet. So not only was he an intercessor, remember, he intercessed on Lot's behalf to the Lord himself, okay? And that's how Lot and, you know, Lot's two daughters were saved. His wife looked back. So he intercessed. He was an intercessor, and now he is a prophet, okay? All right. Now, so he told him, he said, you know, uh, therefore Abimelech, this is verse 8, rose early in the morning and called all his servants and told all these things in their ears. And the men were so afraid. So not only did he wake up and found out what happened, he was so fearful, he didn't talk about it out loud. He whispered it in their ears. He is terrified. Remember, his whole house is under a death sentence right now, everybody, unless he does right by Abraham, okay? So now, verse 9, then Abimelech called Abraham and said unto him, what hast thou done to us, and what have I offended thee, that thou hast brought on me and on my kingdom a great sin? Thou hast done deeds unto me that ought not to be done. So now you have an unsaved Abimelech who is not in the knowledge of the Lord chastising and rebuking a child of God. I know sometimes people of God, it's hard to hear, but sometimes it takes um, non-Christian people to make us see sometimes the error of our ways. I was laughing. I was telling a friend of mine the other day, you, you always, you know, once you become in the knowledge of God, once you are in the knowledge of God, that means once you know the word, 
for yourself and you have a relationship with God, you can't go to some places that you used to go. Now, I know some people think, oh, that's not true. I ain't changed. I'm still me. Well, no. In our next chapter, chapter 21, we're going to see that some changes need to take place, especially if, child of God, I have said this before, that I do not like to see people profess Christ and say, well, girl, she's been like that all her life. She ain't never going to change. Well, you know what? If you are in Christ, you are a new creature. Old things have passed away. You should still not be your same evil, ugly self, especially not if you are professing Christ. You are going to have to grow up. You're going to have to be weaned, okay? And that's what the next chapter is, is going to be talking about as well. That's why I like this uh, verse, uh, chapter 20. It kind of seems insignificant because Abraham told a lie. He was checked by Abimelech, and then he went on into the next realm. But listen, as Christians, this happens to us all the time, all the time. We backslide. We we mess up, we make mistakes, and sometimes God has to show us ourselves. And it might not be through a Christian brother or sister. It might be a unsaved brother or sister. Listen, if we're doing the same thing in the church that they're doing out in the world, then why in the world would anybody want to come to church? I'm just saying, there has to be something different going on to make people want to see that they can live better, do better. And I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about Christ. I'm talking about relationship because it's not about religion and it's not about money. It's about, it's about relationship and it's about ministry, okay? When we start thinking um, our get our minds on some other things, and it's not all, you know, my cousin used to always say it's, it's not always about money. It's about ministry because who is going to talk about the word of God? Who is going to teach the word of God if we don't teach them? I'm going to just tell you right now, I used to open the book, and I'd be like, my dear, I start reading, and five minutes later, I'll fall asleep. I, I kid you not, and I will fall asleep the next morning and be like, I might have got through one line, maybe one verse, maybe one verse. What happened? What happened? Now, if I, I try not to open my Bible past 11 o'clock, I, 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 I fail miserably. Because if I open my Bible past 11 o'clock at night, now I work 830 in the morning to 5 o'clock in the evening. If I open my Bible past uh, 11 o'clock at night, I'm 1, 2 o'clock in the morning, It'll be 1, 2 o'clock in the morning, and I'm still reading and highlighting and sticky noting and researching, and, and I pulled out my laptop. I got my, my commentaries out, four or five different versions of the Bible because I like the way some things read different. So, But that's because I went from no to knowledge. Just like Abraham, he was already in knowledge. Uh, uh, God Almighty, El should die came to him face to face in the in the person, in the flesh, okay, told him 
this is what's going to happen. This is what needs to be done. This is what's going to happen with you and your wife. And what happens in the doggone next chapter? Here we are. Bam. Always remember that just like us, Abraham was still a man. He failed. But guess what? God kept his promises anyway. God kept his promises. Because you see in 19, you know, um, he intercessed. First he gave a birth announcement. He intercessed for uh, Abraham, intercessed for Lot. Then in 20, he messed up. Okay? And not only did he mess up, he tried to explain it away. What he said is, Verse 11, Abraham said, because I thought surely that the fear of God is not in this place. Well, how are you judging? Apparently, the fear of God was in that place because when the Lord came to Abimelech in a dream, he immediately got up and acted. He did not mess around with it, okay? So the fear of God was in that place, but Abraham took it upon himself to think that it wasn't, okay? It says here, the fear of God is not in in this place, and they will slay me for my wife's sake. So here he is. He's thinking about his own behind. He's thinking about, well, you know what? They're going to kill me and take my wife anyway. So so let's just say. And then he explains it away. Verse 12. And yet, indeed, she is my sister. She is the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother. And she became my wife. Now, okay, y'all know how many times we have tried to explain away something that we did in Jesus' name and know we were dead wrong when it came out in the mouth. But guess what? It sounded good. It made our hearts feel better. Even though we knew we was wrong, it it came out, uh, you know, we had to help ourselves out of a, of a sticky situation, all right? So now what he is saying is um, basically Abimelech said in verse 15, uh, Behold, my land is before me. Dwell where it pleaseth thee. And unto Sarai he said, Behold, I have given thy brother a thousand pieces. So not only did he say, Okay, Lord, let me go get this man back, his wife, some extra stuff, just to prove to you that we're going to be friends. And please don't mess up my household, okay? So he said, um, he, I have given my brother her husband, a thousand pieces of silver. Behold, he is to be a covering of the eyes unto all that are with thee and with all other. Thus she was reproved. So basically, um, you know, uh, reproved is like a corrected, uh, uh, criticized, okay? So criticized, so he's trying to be funny when he said brother and he meant husband. Okay, so Abraham prayed unto God, and God healed Abimelech. So listen, look at here. So even though Abraham messed up, look at what he did. He prayed to God, and God answered his prayer. God healed Abimelech and his wife and his maidservants, and they bare children. For the Lord had fast closed up all wounds of the house of Abimelech because of Sarah, Sarah Abraham's wife. All right? So let's go on in to uh, verse 21 or chapter 21. And the Lord visited Sarah as he has said, and uh, the Lord did unto Sarah as he has spoken. So now here he is. He is keeping his promises. 
For Sarah conceived and bare uh, Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken him. So not a minute earlier and not a minute later. So now, mind you, God called Abraham all the way back in Genesis 11. He started moving around in Genesis 12. Here we are all the way in Genesis 21, and God is fulfilling, fulfilling his promise. So looky here. 25, I think it was 25 years, 25 years have passed since the time God told um, Abraham, I'm going to do this for you, until the time that the, the prophecy or the promise was actually fulfilled, 25 years. And look what happened in those 25 years. In 25 years, he went to Egypt. He came out with, with, with Lot and a whole bunch of messiness. He uh, had to get in some wars. Um, he had to go in and get his nephew Lot because Lot had gotten um, kidnapped or, you know, he was uh, held hostage along with the people. So then, you know, Abraham had to go and uh, redeem his nephew Lot. Now, this is all in a 25-year span. Then you had baby mama drama with Hagar and um, Ishmael because there was a, a, a second wife added to the equation because Sarah was impatient and didn't want to wait on the Lord. And this is what happens when sometimes we try to help God out. You create your own problem, okay, because we are, we are hurried up. We are trying to help God out. And, you know, we know that what the Lord had promised us, but guess what? We need God to operate now, okay? And a lot of times God is going, no, I know the plans I have for you. It is at a set appointed time. It's not going to come in your time. It's going to come in my time. This is what the Lord is saying to us, okay? So 25 years, this is 25 years time span, okay? So she said in verse 3, and Abraham called the name of his son that was born unto him, whom Sarah bare to him, Isaac. And Abraham circumcised his son, Isaac, being eight days old, as God, and remember that's Genesis chapter 17 about the uh, circumcision, all right, as God has commanded him. And Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born. And Sarah said, God had made me to laugh so that all that here will laugh with me. They're not laughing at her. They're laughing at the fact that God is a God of keeping his promises, that God can do anything but fail, that God will do just what he says he will do in his appointed time. They were old as dirt, so to speak. Uh, what the scripture says, they were good as dead, meaning Abraham wasn't making no more babies. Sarah wasn't having no more, having no babies at all. Um, everything was, was, they were past the age of conceiving, okay? So God had to make sure nobody else was going to get the credit but God, all right? And she said, who, have, who would have said unto Abraham, that Sarah should have given children suck, basically um, bearing her own children. For I have borne him a son in his own age. And the child grew and was weaned. Ain't that what I was talking about a while ago? 
And Abraham made a great the same day that Isaac was weaned. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, which she had born unto Abraham, mocking. All right. Oh, my goodness. Remember, we had baby mama drama back in 16, baby mama drama again in 21. Remember, these two um, should never have, you know, the incident with Ishmael should never have happened, but it did happen. God still blessed Ishmael and his mother because he was tied to Abraham, okay? So even though it was a mess, God turned it into a message, okay? And Sarah saw the son of Hagar and the Egyptian, uh, which she had which she had been born unto Abraham, mocking. Wherefore, she said unto Abraham, cast out this bondwoman and her son. For the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, even with Isaac. So she's got a little attitude when she caused the problem in the first place. I'm just saying. Yes, Abraham went and did as she asked, but she's the one that said, you know what, I need a son, I need a child, I need you to go and be with her so we can have the son that we want. thing was very grievous in Abraham's sight because of his son. And God said unto Abraham, let it not be grievous, uh, grievous in thy sight because of the lad and because of thy bondwoman. Notice God never calls her the second wife. Even though she was the second wife because Abraham took her to wife, God always addresses her by who she really is, which was a bondwoman, a slave. Remember, they came out of Egypt with Hagar, and then, you know, all the all the problems uh, started because remember Abraham shouldn't have went to Egypt in the first place because there was a famine in the land that's what started the whole thing and instead of him trusting God he went to Egypt well when he came out of Egypt he came out of Egypt with a whole bunch of foolishness all right and this is still remnants of the foolishness that's going on okay all right he said um Abraham, let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad and because of thy bond woman. And all that Sarah had said unto thee, hearken unto her voice, for in Isaac shall thy seed be called. So he's letting him know. Ishmael, even though he is the firstborn son, he is not the covenant child. He is not the promised son. Isaac is, okay? Isaac is the, the promise, the covenant. Remember, God made the covenant with Isaac and Sarah, he changed, I mean, with um, Abraham and Sarah, he changed their names, okay? He gave them a new purpose, and he told them what the what the promise was. Hagar didn't have anything to do with it, but because she is, um, had, you know, has a child by uh, Abraham, then that is why, uh, she's going to be blessed and her son is going to be blessed, okay? Start another whole conflict, and we'll get um, to that in a minute. It says here, also, and also of the son of the bondwoman will I make a nation because he is thy seed. Remember I said the uh, Israeli-Arab conflict. Remember, Ishmael is the father of the Arab nation. If you pull up... Um, Israel right now, 60% of Israel is um, 
Arab. Isn't that funny? 60% of Israel right now is Arab. I thought that was strange when I pulled that up. I was, I made sure I, I double-checked it to make sure I wasn't crazy. But, yeah, um, so you got more of Ishmael's people covering the promised land right now than you have Isaac's uh, descendants. But remember, the Lord promised that land to Abraham and his descendants, okay? So, or technically the descendants of Abraham because um, nobody saw, nobody saw um, Abraham, Isaac, or Jacob ever saw, you know, the promised land. So, and just remember that. So Abraham rose up early in the morning and took bread, I'm on verse 14, and a bottle of water and gave it to Hagar, putting it on her shoulder and the child and and the child and sent her away and she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. All right. So we're going to stop right there real quick because I'm going to go to my notes. We have a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff to, to follow up on, okay? So I know everybody was wondering why, you know, she had to be sent away. Why, you know, did things turn out the way it turned out? Well, you know, the first thing is um, let's talk about the area. So he's um, basically Kadesh, the southern border of Canaan, and Sher means wall, a little border town between Egypt and Canaan. We talked about that area before in Genesis chapter 16. All right. The thing is, what was going on is what Sarah did was legal in society but wrong in the will of God. Notice Hagar is not called the wife. She's called the bond woman. All right. But here's what's um, going on. The Apostle Paul in Galatians chapter 4, so let's go here. Let's go to Galatians chapter 4, verse 22 and 23. I want to show you something. Galatians chapter 4, you can even write this down. If you got tablets, pull it up real quick. If not, write it down because I'm going to keep going. Um, Galatians chapter 4, verses 22 and 23. So what's going on is, um, this illustrates two births. Ishmael and Isaac represent two separate births, okay? In verse 22 of Galatians chapter 4, for it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondmaid, the other by a free woman. Now, you know which is which, but he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh, but he of the free woman was by promise. So what is he trying to say? It illustrates our two births. The physical birth that makes us sinners is Ishmael. Okay? The spiritual birth that makes us the children of God, that's the promise, is Isaac. So what is he trying to say? Paul was trying to help the Galatians with their confused spiritual lives. Because they were arguing, they were going over the difference between the old covenant and the new covenant. So what he did was he started talking about the difference between Ishmael and Isaac to show them that the old covenant, Isaac was, I mean, uh, Ishmael was the law. The old covenant, Ishmael was the law. The new covenant, Isaac, is what we are under now. Grace. 
It's so funny that uh, we're talking about this lesson today because yesterday I had went to a church service and me and some of the ministers, we started kicking around and um, talking about, you know, different scripture and everything. And this was one of the subjects that came up, the law and grace. Remember, before the law even came, uh, Adam and Eve, uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they were all under grace. There was no law. The law was not given until Moses came around in Exodus to the children of Israel. Okay? Now, I just said something. Hopefully, you caught it. If you didn't, I'm going to break it down again. We were under grace first. There was no law. The law was given to the children of Israel, the Jews. The law was given to the Jews. We are called Gentiles. The law was never given to us. Okay, I'm going to say that one more time. The law was given to the Jews, God's chosen people in the Old Testament. The law was never given to us. That's why grace had to come back. We did not fall under the law. Okay? So write that down. If you have a problem with it, inbox me. We can go scripture by scripture, but for the sake of time, I wanted to get that out there. The old covenant, Ishmael, the law, Hagar, the slave. The new covenant, Isaac, grace, Sarah, the free woman. Ishmael was conceived after the flesh. Well, why do you say that? Because Sarah wanted that baby so bad, she gave her slave to Abraham and said, I need that baby. So it was her flesh telling her, I need that baby, I got to have a baby, a baby, 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 baby. But listen, Isaac was miraculous under grace, under grace, earthly Jerusalem bondage, heavenly Jerusalem, which is free. All right? Listen. In Abraham's home, we see the law versus grace. This is the tug of war that's going down right now. You got the old man trying to compete with the new man. The old man is bondage, slavery. The new man is freedom, okay, and, and, and you know, out of bondage. All right, so there's you got two different things going on. So you got Ishmael versus Isaac, Isaac, spirit versus flesh. All right, so the spirit. Remember in John uh, chapter three verse seventeen, he told him, "You got to be born of the spirit." He didn't get it the first time. You know what I'm saying? He didn't get it. A lot of people didn't get it. Okay. So Paul is trying to, you know, illustrate the difference between law and grace, proving that the believer is not under the law, but under the freedom that comes through God's grace. Christ had to die, though, 
and rose from the dead for that grace, okay? Because everybody was under bondage. We weren't even in it. We're Gentiles. Unless you can find any part of Jewish in your heritage, let me know. All right? So now, again, the believer is not under the law, but under the freedom that comes through God's grace. He even broke it down. A, Hagar was Abraham's second wife. Okay, that's law. God began with Sarah, grace. Get it? Grace, law, grace. Adam and Eve in the Garden of Edom, God's grace covered them with clothes when they sinned and even gave them a Savior, a Redeemer. Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, we went over that. But if you want to reference it again, it's Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. He said the devil was going to be defeated. His covenant with Abraham was great. It was not the law. The law did not even come in until Exodus when the children of Israel were wandering around in the wilderness and God had to give them some get right because they was acting up. They needed some rules. And look at that. They couldn't even keep them because when we got back to the New Testament, Christ had to come. With, oh, my goodness, I'm so excited. We are starting next week on our Birth of Jesus series. I'm sorry, you guys, but every year around four, it takes me about four weeks to teach it, we go into the birth of Christ, and it is just so exciting. So get ready. But um, I just wanted you guys to see this. Covenant with Abraham was grace. The law came later with his descendants under Moses, Israel, okay? Then the law went away, Jesus Christ just like Hagar had to go away, all right? So listen, the whole thing what's going on in Galatians, because I want you to get an understanding is, it was a letter written by Paul to the church of Galatia. okay? After he left from ministering to them, he gave them the rules and regulations. This is how you are a Christian. This is how it's supposed to be now. Christ died for your sins. You are free from the law. But what happened as soon as he left? Jewish uh, people came and tried to persuade them, uh, observe Jewish law, and to become circumcised. Okay, but remember, once Christ died for our sins and rose from the dead, we went from the physical cutting on the outside to the spiritual circumcision of the heart. We, they went from law to grace. So it was grace, law, grace. Okay, so you have Abraham and Sarah was under grace. Ishmael was born kind of like the law, because it was born of the flesh, okay? That which is, which is flesh is always flesh. That which is spirit is spirit. So then now we have Isaac come on into the scene, which is the revealed, the confirmed promise of God, okay? So now we are back under grace. Because it was God's grace that gave them that baby after 25 years because they were good as dead. So I'm, I'm trying to, hopefully I'm wrapping it all in here for you and, and the light bulb is coming on. If not, take very good notes. 
okay? Because we're going to talk about it again when we come back from the birth of uh, Christ, all right? So now basically the concern, the, the Galatians were like, well, you know what? Maybe the Apostle Paul, maybe he didn't know what he was talking about, about that, you know, being a Christ thing, that, that Christian thing. Maybe uh, we need to get circumcised and, um, you know, uh, follow this rule book that they gave us. No. Okay, so Paul had to write them a letter again. That's the same thing with us. That's what the Bible basically is to us. Bible means basic instructions before leaving earth. It is our guidelines. It is our letter on how to how to be, how to act, how to live, how to treat one another. Okay? But if you don't pick up the book and read it, it's not you're not gonna get it. Okay? So what he's saying is Paul wrote a letter, you know, to them in which he talked about Abraham because Every living person back that day knew about Abraham being the founding father of all, okay? So everybody knew that Abraham was a heavy hitter. So what Paul did, he illustrated the difference between Ishmael, which is the earthly or the law, and then he talked about uh, Isaac, which is the heavenly or the spirit and great, okay? So this is what Galatians, this is what Galatians is going over. So when you see this in the the the, the scripture where it says, for it is written, uh, Galatians 4.22, that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondmaid, the other by a free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh, but he of the free woman was by promise. So what he's doing is he's trying to, um, Give them a little background. This is why things are the way they are, and we are going from grace to law to grace. All right? Uh, Verse 28 in Galatians chapter 4 says, Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. We are the children of promise. That's, That's what we are now. But as then he was, he that was born after the flesh, um, persecuted him that was born after the spirit, even so it is now. So what he's saying is, as Ishmael was mocking and teasing Isaac, born after the spirit, remember, Ishmael is the flesh, Isaac the spirit. It's just like a met, kind of like a metaphor, but he's showing him the difference. He's saying, but as then, he that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the spirit, even as it is now. So that's pretty self-explanatory. Basically, the ones that are born after the flesh persecute us that are born after the spirit, even it's that way even now. That's that's what he is. So now he's talking about um, Paul is saying that a person is justified, not by the works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ, Okay. So Paul is saying you must be born again without the law way of thinking. So out with the old, goodbye, Hagar and Ishmael, because lightness and darkness, remember, cannot dwell in the same house. You got Ishmael after the flesh and Isaac after the spirit, okay? So that's what he's talking about. And that's in all that, um, what he's talking about is in Galatians chapter 4. It's a really... um, it's a really, really good um, 
chapter to read if you really want to, um, you know, because this is what, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Paul is, <clears throat> excuse me, he is telling, he is having to give them an illustration because, you know, they thought they was, they was, they was confused, just like some of us are now. I'm telling you, before I started reading um, the Bible every day, I was confused. All right? So now, all right, so here we go. So then he talked about Isaac, was he grew and was weaned. I love that illustration because it says um, basically the uh, what we were reading was, we go back to the scripture, Verse 8, and the child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast the same day that Isaac was weaned. All right, so doing my research, usually children were weaned at two to three years of age, all right? Just like um us, I always bring everything back to us, all right? Basically, the new birth is not the end, but the beginning, and we're talking about us now. The believer must feed on God's word and grow spiritually, okay? So he had to be weaned, and he had to grow spiritually, okay? And us as children of God have to be weaned, okay? We must feed on God's word and grow spiritually. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Okay? I love it when you can look back in Scripture and see um, what thus saith the Lord. Okay? What thus saith the Lord. I just love it. All right? So you got to remember, we got to be, you know, the we as mature, mature, um, as we mature in um, Christ or in the Lord, we must put away childish things, okay? Remember I was talking earlier, if we call ourselves Christians, we cannot still be doing some of the same things we was doing 10 years ago, five years ago, heck, even two years ago. We have to be able to grow in Christ. And we have to shed off some of that old nature because I'm going to tell you right now, sometimes our old nature is not going to win anybody to Christ. And that's what our job is. Our job is to tell people about Christ and try to win souls for the Lord and, you know, open up the scriptures to um, other people. But if you are unapproachable or haughty or uh, prideful, or, you know, have a nasty attitude, ain't nobody going to want to sit and listen to you teach the Bible, or if you cannot be taught. You know, I have said this before, and I'm going to say it again. It is a sad day when a teacher of the Bible can no longer be taught anything. It's a sad day, you guys, because I'm going to tell you right now, I was talking to my sister, Ramonda. I read a lot. So each year when I do the birth of Jesus, I pull out my old notes and I read again and I add to them. I just don't go and do my old notes and just reread everything that I've written from years prior. I add to them. I start off, I just put the notes aside. I read all the material brand new fresh. I take notes. 
then I compare to my old notes to see if I got anything new or if the Lord revealed anything new to me. I get all excited when I see um, new stuff that wasn't in my original notes or if I wrote it differently than it was written in my original notes. But that's how you know that you are growing. God is trying to wean us off. Okay, he's trying to wean us off of milk and get to that meat. I know one thing, I um, had to have a colonoscopy a few weeks ago, and I was on a liquid diet for 24 hours. I thought I was going to die. I'm just going to be honest, because I had to drink clear liquids for 24 hours, clear liquid, like no meat, no potatoes, no bread. No milk, no nothing. And I'm just telling you, I I just didn't think I was going to live. So, but we have to be weaned off that milk and get into the the meat part of it because we're not going to get any substance, okay? We're not going to grow. You're, you, you're not going to grow too much. That's why when you're a baby, they give you formula up until you're a year old. After you're a year old, they start you on solid foods. They start you, you know, they start you on baby food. That's how it is with the Bible. Then when you get back two to three, well, some, you know, some of us feed our kids uh, chicken and stuff at two, but probably some of us before two. But the thing is, as you grow, your appetite is going to change. At five years old, you are not still going to be wanting baby formula. Not at five years old. At 10 years old, your 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 um, diet is going to be far more uh, vast at, than it is at, than it was at five. That should be the same way that we treat the Word of God. When I first started to read the Bible, it was baby steps. I was on formula. I can only take in so much. I wrote a lot of notes. I read a lot. A lot of things I didn't understand. I would pray a lot, you know, go to sleep and be like, I didn't get that, Lord. Could you reveal that to me? And the more I read, the more I studied, the more I prayed, the more I talked to other people. That's another key thing. I went to those Bible doctrine classes. I mean, I got there early, had my book, and I drove 45 minutes one way to class. But I was hungry because I had been on formula for a long time. I was way past the year, just going to be honest. I think I was way past the five year, maybe even the 10. But as I started feeding on God's word, I kept getting hungrier and hungrier. Okay? So that's what happened. He was weaned and he, he, he left. All right? So now, is born of flesh is flesh. John chapter 3, verse 6, that's what I talked about a while ago. And it always will be flesh. The only solution that Abraham had was to send Ishmael away. Why? Remember that Jackson 5 song, one bad apple spoils the whole bunch? All right. Now, if you saw that Ishmael was a problem when the child got weaned, he started early. It would have only got worse as time went on, and it would cause problems in Abraham's home. Y'all know I be teasing about that happy wife, happy life sometimes. Well, Sarah was not happy about it, so Abraham wasn't going to get much sleep, okay? So to begin with, 
Hagar was Abraham's second wife. She was added alongside Sarah. Likewise, the law was added alongside God's already existing promises. The law was temporary. Ishmael, temporary in home. By now he's almost 16, okay? So he was there for a minute. He start, God started with grace. Remember I talked about that? His relationship to Adam and Eve was based on grace, not law. Even though he did, you know, test them by means of one simple restriction. One restriction is all they had. But he left them, uh, he redeemed them. He left them a way out, all right? So remember. You got to remember, uh, Hagar was a servant. All right, the law was God's servant to keep the children of or the nation of Israel under control and prepare them for the coming of the Redeemer. Remember, God had way bigger plans than just giving them the law and stopping there. The Redeemer had to come through that line. So they had to have some type of rules and guidelines to, you know, ensure their non-self, you know, so they wouldn't self-destruct. Even though God had to continue over the years checking them, checking them, checking them, checking them. They, they stayed in trouble. they still in trouble. I'm just saying, you know, but eventually God is going to deal with Israel because they have to be, they're going to be restored. Remember, this promise was made all the way back here in Genesis, in Genesis. So God keeps his promises, all right? So remember, Hagar gave birth to a slave because she was a slave woman. So if you decide to live under the law, then you have become a child of Hagar, a slave for the law. Remember, the law produces bondage, not freedom. God was trying to, <clears throat> you know, take care of his, his people, the children of Israel, not trying to keep them in bondage forever because Christ was coming. There was a redeemer coming, all right? So you just got to remember, um, often in the trials of life, we, we fail to see the divine provisions God has made for us. What's so funny is we forget the the God God made to us, and they forgot just for a minute. We open our hands to receive what we think we need instead of asking him to open our eyes to see what we already have. The answer to most problems is close at hand if we only have eyes to see, okay? So there's a lot going on. I love um, chapter 21 because um, there's just so much going on. All right. So now back to Genesis chapter 15, or chapter 21, verse 15. And the water, so basically he sent the bondwoman and her son away. He gave him some water and some bread and said, see you. And the water was spent in the bottle, meaning it was gone, and she cast the child under one of the shrubs. Now, remember, you guys, this child is not a baby. Ishmael is like 16 when this is going on, 
All right. So you just got to kind of see it in your mind, okay? All right. And she went and sat down over against him a good way off as if as it were a bow shot. So it wasn't that far, okay? For she said, let me not see the death of the child. And she sat over against him and lifted up her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the lad. So the first time he heard the voice, the cry of Hagar, the second time he heard the cry of the son. Remember, this is still Abraham's heir. This is still Abraham's child, okay? And God promised Hagar all the way back in Genesis chapter 16, go back, submit yourself to Sarah. Do what she tells you to do. I'm going to bless you and that baby. I'm going to bless that baby. Don't worry about it. He getting them, I call them Abraham trickle-down blessings. That's what Lot was living under for years. And God heard the voice of the lad, and the angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven and said unto her, What elephy, Hagar? Fear not. So this is the second time she got a visit from the Lord. For God had heard the voice of the lad where he is. Arise, lift up the lad, like stand him up, and hold him in thy hand, for I will make a great him a great nation. And God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. And she went and filled the bottle with water and gave the lad a drink. Every time I read this um, near the well, I always think of the um, uh, John chapter 4, uh, verses 10 through 14, when he met that woman at the well. Same as with her. And God was with the lad, and he grew and dwelt in the wilderness and became an archer. And he dwelt in the wilderness of Paran, and his mother took him a wife out of the land of Egypt. Remember, she was an Egyptian, okay? So he took a, took a wife out of, the, um, out of the land of Egypt, all right? And then it came to pass at that time that Abimelech and uh, Pico, Psycho, uh, remember that was the guy, the guy and the chief of the captain, um, that was in the uh, prior chapter. He said, um, now therefore swear unto me, hear my God, that thou will not deal falsely with me, nor with my son, nor with my son's son. So he's talking about going down generations. Like, I know who you are. You are that man of God, and I'm going to need you to swear that you won't bother me, my son, or my son's son, my grandson. Okay? So he's like, listen, I need uh, assurance. He said, but according to thy kindness that I have done unto thee, thou shalt do unto me into the land wherein, uh, wherein thou hast sojourned. And Abraham said, I will swear. And Abraham reproved Abimelech because of a well of water which Abimelech's servants have violently taken. So here's what happened. Abraham's sir, uh, uh, Abimelech's people took a well. Remember I told you a well, well back then was like having a million dollars because a lot of people traveled with people and, and, and cattle. So you have to have a well. You have to be somewhere near a well, somewhere near a well, because you have to be able to have your livestock drink. Yep, you have to have your livestock drink, um, and your, your people have to be able to bathe and drink. So this wealth was, was like money back in those days, all right? So we are going to put a fork in it here. I think I'm at uh, verse 25. 
All right, so next week we are going to start on the birth of Jesus. I am so excited. It's going to take me about four weeks to get through it because it's, it's more than a baby in a manger. We got a lot of background to cover. All right, so God bless you. God keep you. Thanks, everybody, so much for listening, and we will see you next week.